Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. Let's face it, a lot of people are bad at interviewing on both sides of the table. It is easy to understand that candidates or job seekers are for numerous reasons. Being nervous, out of practice, and under pressure to do well because of need create a large margin for error. For seasoned interviewers, it becomes easier to perform because the person has a lot of practice interviewing. And that practice is eventually what makes it easier to land a job. Now, on the company side, interviewers get a lot of practice asking the same questions as well as everyone else. But the lack of structure, coordination, does very little to uncover the evidence to support the decision. The problem with that is that only service information is gathered. And at the end of the day, the hiring decision is made on circumstantial evidence, assumptions, and bias. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Varun Puri. Varun is the founder of Udly and also an entrepreneur at residence for Paul Allen's AI Institute. Now, Udily uses AI to help people improve their public speaking and interviewing skills without the pressure of an audience. Prior to Udily, Varun worked on a Google X project to bring high-speed internet to unconnected regions using invisible lasers. And he also ran special projects for a Google co-founder, which makes Varun the perfect expert for today's topic. Varun, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thank you for having me. Hello. Good to have you on the show, Varun. Thanks for being here. Today, we're going to discuss why it's important to practice your interview or really any presentation for that matter. And then we're going to help you guys to learn how to practice effectively for an interview both ways. Let's talk a little bit about your kind of hiring story, right? Yep, totally. I mean, to give you a little bit of context, I grew up in India and I came to the US for college. And right after college, I spent so long trying to find a dream job, right? For someone who's an international student, uh, uh, an immigrant getting this job is incredibly important because of visa issues. And I had a lot of friends in the same situation. We would practice, we would do mock interviews, we would record ourselves in front of a camera, a mirror, a stopwatch on Zoom with that little sticky note next to uh, the screens. And it was just painful, to be honest. And I always wondered if there was going to be a better way for me and for future candidates to practice our interview skills. And then a few years later, I was at Google and we were trying to hire people on our team. And obviously, we were in a very privileged position where we had a lot of candidates apply, but we still weren't able to close these candidates. And I often wondered whether you know everyone on the interview team was giving the same cohesive collective story, which made me think that communication skills and interview prep is not just something that's needed by candidates, but also by a hiring team in order to find uh, the best candidates. You decided, hey, I'll start up my own company and do it. Yep. So that's a dream behind Udly. I uh, recently quit Google to start this. Uh, the goal is, how do we build technology to help people around the world communicate with confidence, be it for the interview, which is our focus area, but also for any other conversation or substance, a date, a job interview, a college interview, a roundtable discussion, a speech, and so forth. So this problem really spurred out of a problem that you had and problem that probably a lot of your colleagues have had in the past. Luckily, you did get hired at Google. So that gave you a little bit of a springboard to be able to put yourself in a position where now you can help people out, make a difference. 
but but it's very frustrating right for every every job that you do land you're rejected hundreds of times it's um so unobjective i always wondered what i was doing better in one interview versus the other uh, which is why i wondered it as a, a way to streamline my practice that is something i think everybody deals with the frustration of the subjective decisions as opposed to evidence-based decisions what other problems are you trying to solve here you're trying to enable both sides of the fence to do better at interviewing so so one part of this problem is how do we help candidates become more confident uh, better communicators and then the other side of it is how do we help hiring teams tell their story with passion and in a way that reflects the values of a company far too often a hiring manager or a recruiter will go in into an interview not very well prepared and what i think a lot of folks don't understand is getting someone to the interview is just the first step it is then your job to get them passionate and excited about your company especially in our case now where we are tiny and we are now competing with companies like google in order to get talent. I find a little bit of the opposite though too. I find where people are over prepared and they just go in guns blazing and selling. Let me tell you why we're great. It's a verbal diarrhea of everything that's fantastic about the company. I think where we miss the mark on that is we're not really hitting what's important to that person, to that individual. And we're also in a different market. The truth is that talent is hard to find right now. I believe that most companies are missing out on the good people and they're hiring what they can find as opposed to the person that would really thrive in their role. Totally. And in fact, I think oftentimes we mistake over preparation for a lack of intentionality. By no means you want to go into that interview with your rehearsed answer and just be selling out the gates, but you do want to be practiced and polished such that you are confident enough such that you can, you know, turn and twist through the course of the interview and that's one of the big goals of what we are trying to encourage at Udly. It's got mutual benefits here because we utilize this tool right, we can help the individual land their dream job, get to a place where they really want to be. If we use the tool right, then you can get practice for the interviewers in running an interview process that's effective as opposed to just doing the same conversation that everybody's doing over and over again. Totally. And to be more aware of how we actually come across, right? Very often as interviewers, we've been on the other side, we're doing this process several times a week so we never stop to reflect on whether we are even projecting our message with as much positivity and passion as we once might have this really helps in setting expectations making sure that as you're bringing people through an interview process if you can help them to do well or get them to a point where they realize hey this isn't the place for me that's all your goal should be for getting people through the interview process totally and if you can be deliberate with your message from the outset where you know for instance at Udly when people apply we very clearly say hey there are a few frameworks that we believe in right this is a company that's based on trust we assume positive intent we assume best intent we we assume competence and everyone who comes in is all in and once i'm able to say that with passion and someone on the other side is like well maybe that's not the right fit for me we're able to to end the interview early go home in in good faith Uh, but as long as I've prepared and I'm ready to have a conversation like that. Worst case scenario, you made a new friend. Totally. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a link to order your copy of Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your secret weapon to landing the strongest talent. Our guest today is Varun Puri, and we are talking about interview preparation and practice. Really, we're talking about why it's important to practice. So let's get into the solution and how we do this. 
Varun also has a tool, and we're going to talk about that toward the end. But let's talk about why it's important to practice, or how do we put forth a solution that's really going to be impactful for your organization? Yeah, I think first and foremost, with any solution, you want to be aware of your your biases and the way you communicate, right? Are you on brand with your company, and are you accurately representing uh, the company that everyone's tried so hard to build? Um, The second piece of it is, how can you collaborate with peers, managers, other people on your team to ensure you're all holding each other accountable. Um, be this, you know, using non-inclusive language or uh, ref- ref- referring to competitors in ways that may not be accurate. The idea is first comes awareness, then comes collaboration, and then comes uh, concerted practice. If we can combine all of those together, you will likely provide your candidates which, with a much stronger interviewing experience. Let's break that down. I would like to back up just one step because I think really one of the things we are missing here is structure. I think not a lot of us put thought or time and effort into defining and putting in process our interview structure. It's really simple to just set timing, how I want this timeline to run, and then of course, setting a repeatable and predictable process. Create interview question scripts. If you want to make it super easy on your interviewers, give them a roadmap by which we're supposed to evaluate people. We've done that. We've got the timing, the steps in the process, and then we put interview question scripts in there, maybe creating a feedback loop as well. Then we're going to get into being aware of your biases and communicates. Let's break down those practices for us. How do we practice the skills for hiring manager right now? I think first and foremost, to your point about breaking this down into structure, Practice on your own, get aware of your biases, right? Maybe record yourself on video, um, get someone to videotape you and then look at that. Second, share that with other members of your hiring team so that they can give you feedback and that way you can look at their best practices and learn from them. And then third and most importantly, diagnose any issues that might come up so that you as a team can work on them. Let's talk about biases for a minute because there's unconscious bias and then there's conscious bias, like things that we do or do not like. Just give an example of what a bias would be that's a common one that people don't think is a bias. Yeah, I mean, one that we often see at Udly is uh, people biasing against folks with different accents or not speaking the way that they they would like to typically be speaking as. Um, I think at, at Udly, one of the things we try to do is ensure you're getting the nuggets of wisdom that's coming out from the person and evaluating them based on content rather than based on the way they speak or their upbringing that may have been different from yours. People also tend to rely on resumes. Then they look at the educational background or the company that the person came out of, and they miss the content of the resume that's important, like what exactly the person accomplished that would be transferable to the company. Totally. And and I think even with resumes, resumes are obviously a good screening point, but there's that uh, obvious concern of generalizing based on what you've seen with other resumes that look similar in the past. And I think that's why the interview is really important to dissect those nuggets that you may not otherwise see. It's also important to remember that a resume is just basically it's supposed to be a snapshot of something. To really judge somebody based on a resume, I think gives your company a huge disadvantage if you're just looking at a resume. Because you're not hiring the resume, you're hiring a person. Totally. I mean, one of the things that I love to do is constantly ask people for stories, right? I think the resume is a bouncing off point for, tell me about the last time when you did something similar to this, or what was really hard about it, and then trying to unpack the deeper why, right? Why was that hard? Where did you struggle? And what did you learn from this experience? Um, The resume is kind of the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion. We're aware of biases. What's next? I think the second piece of it is, how do you stay on brand with your company, right? How do you ensure... uh, 
you are all representing the company with the same framework that, that the team has agreed upon and getting the candidate as excited as you can all do together. And if you have prepared interview questions, that keeps you on brand because it doesn't bring you off path. Totally. And it's also objective, right? Because it's not one person's, one person's biases affecting that very interview. The entire team has agreed on a set of questions. Too often, I've had situations where somebody comes back from an interview and they say, I met with so-and-so, they told me one thing, and then I met somebody else and they told me the exact opposite, which you end up leaving the person confused and then they don't want to work for you. How do we fix that? I, I think, again, practice and alignment is the best way to go forward, right? As a team, come together, practice the questions you wanted to answer, give each other feedback on them. Um, one of the things we often do is do mock interviews within our team. That is, why use the candidate as an experimentation ground? Why can't we do the same thing with like six members of the hiring team and see what questions do and don't resound with everyone else? I'm glad you brought that up because I'm a big fan of role playing. I love just going through mock interviews. Again, that's so important to practice and it's something that nobody does or very few companies do. You do it because Varun, you got your shit together, but a lot of startups don't. You know, I, I don't know if that's true. We're very early stage and taking punches to the face all the time, uh, but we're trying our best. Getting the story succinct, probably best if you, as the CEO, you feed your people the story, like they understand what the story of the organization is. I think, def I mean, it's very much, it's something that I take ownership for, but I'm hoping everyone in the organization feels equally passionate about this, right? We're a tiny startup. If I'm the only one setting the culture, I've likely done something wrong. Uh, hopefully everyone feels as empowered, um, critiques one another, and then disagrees and commits wherever we move forward. Um, so I think, yes, role play is important, but getting everyone on the team bought in is equally important because at the earliest stages, everyone will have a vote on whether this person is a right fit. And the most important part of that is, do we like them? And can they be one of the people who's role playing with us in the future? Let's talk a little bit about saying the wrong language because that happens quite often. How do we fix that? I, I think first and foremost, we aren't always aware of things that can be uh, inappropriate. As an example, I was giving a pre presentation a few weeks ago and I was talking about things passing through the rumor mill. And I said, well, you know, I heard through Chinese whisper that something had happened. Um, and someone on my team called me out and said, Varun, you can't use words like these. And honestly, I just didn't know any differently. I'd grown up uh, back home in India and we would play this game of telephone and it was called Chinese Whisper back home. And this was a phrase that I would use all the time. And I was in a corporate setting in the US and I felt awful about it because I had no idea. And it's very rare that people actually call me out, right? So I, I went and I thanked this colleague. Uh, one of the things we are trying to do at Udly is as both interview candidates and hiring teams are practicing, we help give them feedback on language to avoid this by no means are we trying to censor people we're just trying to flag language that could be potentially insensitive so for instance we use words like crazy that might be an ableist word or guys that you hear all the time that might be gender non-inclusive right or i turned a blind eye is is also ableist anyhow so um being aware of these can definitely help and honestly prevent disaster and affecting a lot of people, especially potential candidates. I think if you go into an interview with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to gather data as opposed to I'm going to sell somebody, you end up using language that doesn't get you so much in trouble, but is able to extract data to support whether or not you make the decision. I think when we go into situations where we're the ones who are doing most of the talking, insert foot in mouth whenever possible, right? Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. 
Totally. And I think also just coming from a place of authenticity and humility, right? If you make a mistake when you're selling and just constantly talking, of course, someone's going to get upset. But if you're able to pause and say, I'm, I'm not fully sure, or, or did I mess up there? You can very quickly course correct. Like nobody's out to get you. Well, this leads us into kind of diagnosing these issues. I mean, are you spending time then with your people saying, okay, look, at, we've had these issues. How do we negate these in future interviews? Yep, totally. I think one, one of the things we take inspiration from is a highlight reel after a football game, right? The team and the coach will look at the post-game analysis and say, ah, you know, at minute 45, Ronaldo, you should have hit the free kick at 62 degrees, not at 84 degrees. Uh, how do we as a team get in the same routine where we're doing that post-interviews, right? Maybe we've looked at a recording or we have a transcript. And then as a team understand, hey, why did we choose to double down on this part of the candidate's history so much? Was it because we disagreed with it? Was it interesting? Was it just a bias? Or did we lose control of the conversation? And this is just a direction in which, in which it went. Um, one of the things we've seen that's most helpful is using the concept of timestamped feedback on videos, which is share your video with someone else and have them evaluate you exactly at the question or the screen in, quest, um, in consideration. Timestamp feedback. That's something that you guys sit down and gather that feedback after the interview or after the event has taken place. Yep, totally. And, and when I say timestamped, I mean more feedback that is tied to a specific action in the video or the transcript, right? So, hey, Rick, at three minutes, 45 seconds, you talked about X. Why was that the case? So we're being very, very specific. You probably lost me here. And so let's be specific into taking them down this road and as opposed to going down this road. I think it's totally invaluable that you can actually review content, record and review that content so that best to elevate the comfortability of everybody who's doing the interview. Yep, absolutely. And what's your final piece on this one? Um, again, I, I think it's just practicing as much as possible, being aware of the visual, verbal, and the vocal delivery, right? So when we talked about non-inclusive language, we're talking about verbal delivery, the, the words you use, but your tone and your body language can also convey emotions to other people and practicing your eye contact. Are you looking at the screen or are you looking at the camera when you're on a virtual interview? Your body language, are you slouched? I could do a better job. Are you slouched or are you sitting upright and smiling at, at the candidate? As you make me sit upright too. <laughs> right, all of this comes by watching the post-game highlight reel. Those are all really, really good points. Varun, we're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience so they can plug into their business today? I think one is align with your team on a set of interview questions you all wanted to ask. Understand the deeper why for those. Second, conduct role play as a team. And third is watch the post-game highlight reel, right? Critique one another, see what went well, what went poorly, and then iterate and try again. It's the same process of finding product market fit. We just got to keep trying. If you think of your interview process like that, as opposed to just a activity that you do within the organization, you'll probably be that much more successful. Varun, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you, find Udily, all that good stuff? Yep, totally. Udly, as uh, you earlier mentioned, is an AI-powered tool to help people practice and improve their interviewing skills without the pressure of an audience. You can access it at www.udly.ai on a desktop or a laptop. So it's Y-O-O-D-L-I. It's a free platform. Uh, practice, you'll get AI-powered feedback on exactly the things we talked about. Your filler words, your pacing, non-inclusive language, ums, uhs, um, eye contact, and much else. 
it's really well put together. You ran me through a demo and I was pretty impressed. I was like, wow, this is super cool. Now, if I could just get in the habit of practicing, I'd probably have better intros. <laughs> just kidding. Practice sucks, right? We, we hate recording ourselves and watching ourselves like, oh, I have a pimple. I sound like that. One of the goals with you, is how do we make the process of practicing not that cringy and a little bit more fun? I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share after all those shows for you. And we want to continue to put out valuable content. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickedstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. We have another great guest for you, Rocky Lavlavani. He is the fractional CPO for Profit Comes First. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard. Get around, get around.